and welcome along to the Golf Community, a beginner's journey where we talk all things golf and encourage participation and connection for new players. We cover golf clubs, golf balls, golf shoes, golf courses, coaching tips, techniques, health, fitness, fun, friendship events and catch-ups. Alright, so let's get into it. So today we welcome along Emma Fearney. She is a member of the Scotland and New Zealand PTA and she's been coaching for about 11 years, seven of which have been in New Zealand. And she started out with the Institute of Golf and she now runs her own business, Emma Fearney Golf and Fitness, based out of Golf HQ at Omaha Beach Golf Club. She just loves to encourage and coach all ages and abilities and create a safe and fun environment for everyone to play. She's an advocate for women's golf and she is a member of the New Zealand Golf Women and Girls Steering Group which creates strategies to get more girls golfing. So she's passionate about juniors, she's passionate about women, she's passionate about health and fitness and so let's talk to Emma Fearney. All right, so welcome along, Emma. Thanks very much for popping in to chat with us today. Hi, nice to, nice to be here. Yeah, thanks. So um, we'll talk a little bit just sort of about your journey in golf, um, but you actually started um, playing golf in Scotland where you grew up. So tell us how different that is to sort of playing in New Zealand, other than the cold weather, right? Yeah, definitely the cold weather is a factor. Um, yeah, so I guess I grew up playing at a, very much like a country club. So be very similar to some of the courses, you know, sort of south of Auckland um, as you're sort of driving down south. And it was a tiny little club, you know, I was lucky there was a lady there that wanted to get girls into golf. So that's how I started playing. My brother and dad played and then this lady said, oh, you should come and try too. But I think it's quite similar. I think that it like Scots and Kiwis are pretty relaxed. So um, getting into golf is good. But the one thing that's probably a little different is Scotland is much more traditional. So like some of the rules that we kind of go, oh, you know, wear a collared shirt, for example, like some of the courses in Scotland are really strict about that kind of stuff. Right. Um, like the course that I went to when I was about 14 is on the east coast of Scotland called Dunbar and it's an open championship course like an open qualifier and I remember going there the first time and they had like a men's smoking room and it's like just really traditional things like that that are now starting to disappear but for a long time that was like still the norm yeah um, yeah so it's yeah definitely a bit more relaxed over here which is good Right. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Because we're very laid back, aren't we? Yeah. So what age did you start playing? Um, I think I was 10. So yeah, not like super young, kind of played heaps of sports. Like say dad and my brother played. Um, and we were, I think me and dad had gone to pick my brother up from like a golf session, a junior golf session. And they said, oh, here, here's a golf club, have a whack. And I did. And they went, oh, okay, maybe we should get you playing too. And that was when this lady sort of came along and said oh well I'm doing some girls classes if you want to come and join in so yeah there was pretty good timing um like I reckon if I hadn't got that opportunity at that age that golf probably wouldn't have been my sport you know it would have been another sport that I was doing so yeah it's quite interesting that it just came along at the right time and I was old enough to go to the golf course on my own 
Um, so mum and dad could drop me off and I could practice and I could go play on the course and they wouldn't worry about me, particularly because it was in the middle of nowhere. So it wasn't really a stress. Um, but yeah, like at that age, I was quite independent and able to do that and just kind of got hooked to it. So it didn't take me long to become a golfer, you know. <laughs> It is pretty addictive sport anyway, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's, I, I love seeing young kids just wandering around the golf course, just yeah. by themselves playing golf. And it's quite inspiring just to see that they've picked it up and they found a sport that they enjoy. And it's quite a committed sport too, because it's a long time, you know, it's between three and four hours to sort of, depending on how fast you play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for them to get out there and really commit that time and enjoy it. Yeah, like I think golf is a great sport for kids and it's not just golf, you're learning. A lot of um, being able to socialise and that kind of stuff comes from from having to spend time around adults a lot of the time as well. And it is really important that the adults at golf clubs kind of give the kids time to be kids as well. Obviously, obviously we need to make sure the courses are running smoothly and there's no damage and that kind of stuff. But um, like when I run junior golf sessions, a lot of it's fun and then they just the, the kids you sort of ingrain the good habits so that they know when it's time to be serious and when it's time to sort of enjoy themselves as well um but Omaha's cool though they're like everyone's pretty relaxed about it although it can get pretty busy so that's always hard letting kids out on the course if it's a course that's completely full which a lot of the Auckland ones are now it's really hard for kids to go on the course because there's like hundreds of people trying to play at the same time yeah yeah, and I think if, if we keep that fun aspect to it, even as adults, right, because we yeah, get so consumed by the game or the ball that, you know, we just need to learn to relax. And, yeah, totally. And, and, and appreciate the surroundings too, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so did you play professionally? Um, yeah, so I played, so I kind of played international golf from the age of about 12, 13. And then when did I turn pro? 2010. So that's a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so turned pro in 2010. And I, when, when you turn pro in the UK, you can still play and do your like PGA qualification, which is what I did. So played heaps, um, really enjoyed it. But I knew that I wasn't going to be like a touring pro. I never really had that aspiration. I'm a, it's in a weird way because I live in New Zealand. I'm a bit of a homebody. Like I like to have a place to go back to. So traveling and playing golf was never really going to be my thing. Um, but yeah, across here, I've played a little bit, but I've had a couple of injuries that have stopped me, sort of stopped me in my tracks, unfortunately, but just starting to get back into playing again after a knee injury, um, start of last year, not golf related. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. It's not golf related. Um, but yeah, so I'm starting to play again and I don't think I'll be sort of up to it this summer, but maybe next summer I'll play a little bit again, like events and programs and that kind of stuff. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exciting. It's something to look forward to and work back towards, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, really now I'm doing it to play with maybe some of my clients. I'll take them to play some of the events or something like that. But um, it's really, it's more fun and meeting people and giving people a great experience. That's why I go play events. It's not so much about me playing professional golf anymore. <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> nice. So so you're in your own coaching business, um, Emma Fanny Golf. Is mm -hmm. it Fairney. Fairney, yeah. <laughs> that Scottish bit in there. <laughs> Golf and fitness. So so tell us a bit more about that, about your coaching and 
Yeah, so I um, worked, so I did my qualification in Scotland. Um, and then by the time I was sort of finishing that as a three-year programme, I was pretty much coaching full-time, but Scotland really doesn't allow for coaching full-time all year round. It doesn't really work that well. Um, so at that point, I was sort of like, okay, maybe I'll go abroad somewhere, try and get chase the weather a little bit, get somewhere where I can work all year round. Um, was looking at the States, Australia, because my sister lives there. And then my brother was living in New Zealand. So that's how I ended up here. And it was just kind of potluck that he bumped into uh, Craig Dixon, who's the Institute of Golf. And we got on like a house on fire. So ended up across here and worked with those guys for four and a half, five years. Um, was really running their sort of junior development stuff, um, which I really loved doing. But, you know, the intensity of it, like we were coaching a lot and being in the city were things that I kind of wanted to get away from. So when uh, I got the opportunity to come up to Omaha, I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds quite nice. So um, for me, being out of the city, I'm, I am a country girl after all. It was a good chance to get out and try and build my own thing as well. Um, and fitness has always been something like just sport in general for me is something that I'm very passionate about. So um, I was a CrossFit coach for a little bit at the start of when I started the business up, um, sort of supplemented it with a bit of CrossFit coaching. And I think it's just for me, like any sport is about finding a passion, something that, you know, relaxes you and that you enjoy doing. And it can be competitive, but it's about having a community around you. And I guess that's what I base my business off of is it's about community and about helping people just enjoy it more. Um, and part of that is obviously improving their golf. You know, they're gonna enjoy it more if they improve the golf. But yeah, the community side of things is kind of where I focus myself and building those relationships. So yeah, I've been um, based up at Omaha now for two and a half years, um, was working at a few different courses at the start, you know, fingers in a few pies and all that, but now getting to the point where it's pretty steady up here, started to build up a group, good group of like juniors, big group of ladies which has been super fun I'm sure we'll talk about that more later and you know working with a lot of the um members at Omaha and surrounding golf clubs so workhorse Wellsford all those sort of areas and I still have clients that come up from Auckland as well that have been with me since the start so yeah that's always a good sign yeah, and, uh, yeah like I say for me it's those relationships are the important ones you build those up and like say if the golf improves along alongside that's a, a nice bonus as well <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And I guess for those Aucklanders, Omaha's a nice trip, isn't it? It's not really that far away. Yeah, it's not too bad. And a lot of people have family in sort of the area or they come up for holidays in the summer. So then it becomes a bit easier to be able to do that as well. So um, so as part of the, the golf and fitness, so what, so what are the sort of things that we can do to improve our fitness? To play golf so you know there must be sort of key areas other than just cardio fitness you know walking yeah. down those hills look I think fitness when you think about fitness in the context the golf really covers an awful lot of things because there's sort of the mental fitness you know that mental stamina um there's the cardio side and the strength side ultimately it comes down to like good core and fundamental movement um, for me, those are the big things, you know, like make sure you can do the fundamental movements, for example, a squat. Can you do it? Um, because actually these movements are really important in the golf swing and then allow us to do the correct sort of movements in the swing sequence correctly. And it's just more efficient and safer for the body. 
So when I'm working with someone, let's say they've got an injury, really, I'm just looking to make sure that we can keep them playing golf for as long as possible. Um, but like, I think things like Pilates are great for golf, like, cause it's so based on core strength. If you're able to do, like I say, those fundamental movements, like a squat doesn't need to have a weight on it. Um, but learning how to do that hinge patterns, like we're going into this kind of deep stuff here, but being able to hinge your hips properly. So for example, someone doing a deadlift, that'd be a hinge pattern, but you can learn that without putting weights on it. And I think when you say weights to a lot of people that scares them off, but actually the movements you can do outside of that. So learning those, those movement patterns are super important. Um, and then just making sure your flexibility is all right. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, that's always helpful. Especially, like, I guess, as some of us are coming in at, a, at an older age or, well, not yeah. necessarily older, but, you know, after kids or, or yeah. something like that, sometimes yeah. Yeah. Sort of a group of, of women that are coming in anyway or just for that space, right? We may have been not so so mobile or, or we may have been. Yeah. And I think just trying to play golf with some of our um, limitations. Absolutely. Working around those and then sort of, increasing those range of movements because I guess sometimes you know that sometimes you can do Pilates on stretching and things like that and it's just to open up definitely you need to work in isn't it yeah definitely and I think there's a lot to be said for having some form of routine to stretch you know it doesn't have to be heaps and heaps I think we get caught up in thinking it's got to be like an hour-long program you know and it, sometimes it doesn't need to be that it can be 10 minutes every morning and you're done um and it adds up you know, it'll add up really quickly. So yeah, just keeping keeping fit and healthy and, you know, the usual drink enough water, get enough sleep. You know, these things are all really, really important to helping you learn better and learn faster. And like say injury prevention at the end of the day is number one priority, keeping people fit and healthy and making sure they can get out there and enjoy themselves. Yeah. And so, so touching on fit and healthy, what are some really good snacks that you might put in your bag while you're wandering around? Yeah, a good, good question, because a lot of people sort of go, oh, you know, I've got Mars bar or something like that. And you go, sorry, Moro across here, isn't it? But, you know, something like that's not really going to be ideal because, you know, that it's kind of spikes the sugar levels. And I think we're all pretty aware of those sorts of things. But often it comes down to lack of preparation that we end up reaching for something like that. Um, so, like, because I'm coaching all the time, you know, I try and be prepared for that, too. So even in the car, I'll have a bag of nuts and I'll have a a load of cereal bars now cereal bars can be quite sugary so you know pinch of salt with that one you've just got to be careful how you eat them um but really good things like if you're a meat eater um you know like you can cook some sausages and just have a little bit of sausages as you go around or um biltong or something like that that's quite good you know because it's a little snack and it'll keep you keep you going um nuts and dried fruit always a good one um because you can have a little bit as you go um, fruit, if you cut it up, same thing, have a little bit every couple of holes or even something as simple as a peanut butter sandwich and you have a quarter of that every three or four holes. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy or overthought. It's just being prepared for it. Yeah, um, it wants to be something easy. You're not pulling out definitely. a little meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to have to eat with a fork. <laughs> yeah, something that you can just kind of eat really quickly in between shots. You know, you're not the peanut butter is an interesting one because you know it gets a bit claggy but <laughs> but you want to be able to like concentrate on your shot when you get back to it as well so if you're eating something that's like sticky and messy and like hard to eat it's going to actually put you off your golf so it's got to be something quick and easy 
and gives you some sustenance as well. And obviously lots of water, it's starting to get pretty warm. Uh, it's really easy to forget to drink enough water. So yeah, just making sure you take all those fluids on as well. Yeah, because that is really important. And I think sometimes you just forget. Oh yeah. You know, about, you might have it in, in your bag, but you can still forget to drink it because you're so focused on the game or, yeah. or, or gas bagging away. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So that's some good tips there. So, so you're an advocate for women's golf, and that's awesome. I love that, and for girls as well. So, so what does that involve? Yeah, look, it's kind of something that, as an active, um, you know, I'm I'm really active in the sense that I like to go out and go to events and stuff. So, if the PGA has got, um, it can be like just their board meetings or whatever. You try and get along to as much as you can, but the result of that is that you become. A little bit more visible and so it took me quite a while in New Zealand to find my place I guess um because when I was working for the Institute of Golf like I'd, I wasn't really out in the golf community as much whereas now I'm very much out there all the time um and as a result of that I started to meet some of the girls that are working at um Golf New Zealand um you know through the PGA just other other women working in golf, you know, and once you start to know those people, we talk, <laughs> we all talk. But uh, basically Emily Davidson, who's Golf New Zealand sort of said to me, oh, we're, we're getting this um, steering group going because we've got a plan for women and girls in golf over the next few years. And would you like to be involved? And of course I was straight in there because I, I really feel like I kind of owe it back to golf a little bit to kind of give back. And I can see how, um, like when I'm working with the girls up at Omaha and the, the women's classes that are run, like it's so important that as women, we have hobbies as well and we can get out and do something for us. Um, so I wanna make sure that I kind of give people the opportunity to do that. And one way of doing that is one, being involved in all these sort of programs that are going on, but really that's just a chance to talk to other people in the industry and share ideas but then really to put those ideas into practice and see what works. And if it doesn't work, try something new and figure out something that's going to work better and then go back to people and say, this is what I did. And it was amazing. Um, and, you know, when you talk to talk together like that, it, it really brings about a new um, sort of feel about it. People start trying different ideas and not being scared to try those ideas. So yeah, that's kind of where it's all started. Um, and I guess as part of that, like, that, like I say, the visibility for me is that now people will come and talk to me and say, do you want to do this? And like I say, I'm quite happy to put my hand up most of the time to go out and whether it's speaking at events or a magazine article, whatever it is, I'm happy to, to put myself out there and hopefully to role model for some, some of the younger generation, but just to show other women that it's okay to, you know, it's a male dominated industry, but it's okay to put yourself out there and to show that you're doing good stuff as well. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's awesome. And I think there's been a huge surge in, in women, um, you know, starting to play golf. Oh, massively, yeah. Yeah, and so, so there's what? Are, what do you think are some of the barriers? I mean, than men, <laughs> men dominant sort of sport, or trying yeah. to learn off your husband, or yeah. you know, they've always got something that they want to add. But what are what are some of the other barriers that you think um, that we need to look at and address? Yeah, look, it's it's quite interesting. I'm sure there will be some men listening to this, but um, I think the the biggest one that sort of came out of the research that was done um, was that 
when women walk into golf clubs, they just don't feel welcome. They feel quite uncomfortable. And I think that's a number of factors. Like it is, it's been a, a boys club for a long time, right? Like golf has been a bit of a boys club. Um, and that's just the nature of it so far. And I think the best we, thing we can do is educate people, um, find people, women or men who are willing to champion for women's golf. So that means that, you know, maybe when an inappropriate comment comes along that it's actually a, a, a guy that stands up and says, no, that's not okay. That, that, that shouldn't be said. And that's a really tough one because obviously, you know, people have got their, their friend groups and there's loyalties there as well. But I think it's really important that we, that we build that understanding as well. But really that just that we give um, women as many opportunities as possible to start and to start with their friends, I would say is a big one. You know, I mentioned the word community earlier a lot. I think once you build that community, it's much easier because they're not having to ask for help all the time because they've always got someone that they can say, hey, do you want to play golf with me? Um, and it might just be that they've got one buddy who plays golf, but that's their buddy and that's cool. They get out there and they play. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is like, finding that community. Another thing actually just popping into my head is, you know, we all run She Loves Golf classes and it's a six week program, let's say. But I think the missing link is often getting everyone on the course because um, it, it's all very good and well learning how to hit a ball in a range, but we all know it's uh, very different on the golf course. And there's a lot of extra factors that come into it, you know, rules, speed of play, other people, uh, lots of things that make it different and harder and quite intimidating at the start. So getting the girls out on the course in a safe space uh, is really important. So running things like Twilight um, twilight Golf for women, it's a pretty good way of doing it because then you can play different formats, you can make it really relaxed and casual. And then slowly, what I've found is, I always start with like really like much easier roles, team formats, Ambrose, Canadian foursomes, that kind of stuff. And before I know it, they're saying, oh, we want to play our own golf ball. Oh, brilliant. Cool. Go for it. <laughs> if yeah. you feel ready, go for it. Um, and then they go, oh, I'm maybe going to hand in a scorecard. Okay, cool. Hand in a scorecard. And that's when you start really introducing some of the rules and speed of play and all that stuff, because you know that they're going to be out playing when other people are playing golf as well. So yeah, it's um, it's got to be a pathway. It can't just be, here's how to hold a club and off you go. It's got to be like, okay, and so once you can hold the club, this is how we then pick different clubs. And now this is how we get out on the course and play nine holes, um, not just throw them out there to the to the sharks, as it were. <laughs> and I think that She Loves Golf has been awesome for um, connecting women. Um, and, and I think <clears throat> there was just recently, um, Claire might have put up, and, and next week we can actually start playing. You yes, know, yes, all that, yeah. And I think as soon as somebody asks that, you get, you know, you get a trail of people that actually really do want to play. And it's a great way of finding just other people to connect with. And it's a great platform for um, being able to connect with other people. And, and that's what I love so much about golf is just meeting new people. And it's fun. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you meet lots of different characters, young, old, men, women. Like, you know, there's a, a lot of stories out there on the golf course and it's it's just great that we can share that together. You know, it's such a, a social environment. It's very cool to be part of that. Yeah. So what are your, um, so do you run a She Loves Golf platform of six weeks? Um, so 
I do she loves golf um but that's kind of that's like my my base sort of thing that I run so I do uh she loves golf beginner program which this this term let's call it is eight weeks um with COVID it's all been a little like kind of mixed up it's not the way I was planning on running it but look we've we've had to adapt to that (laughs) and that's all good and then normally I would run twilight golf for the women on a Friday and that's sort of linked to the back of the Omaha Golf Club's Bailey's Twilight so our normal Twilight Golf I almost run it on the back of that um but that's not going to happen at this stage so what I did instead was I created a level two um she loves golf so I've actually got two groups for that so I've got one group of beginners and two groups of you know let's call it intermediate so they've been playing golf for the past year they did the beginner program initially and now they're ready to move into kind of the next step but again it's all it's like that pathway and as soon as I'm able to try and get them on the course I will at the moment the best option for that is I've been connecting with the nine hole ladies um coordinator let's call her and um we've been talking lots and she's going to communicate with these girls who are ready to go play And possibly that means that they'll play with one of their buddies from She Loves Golf, but then one of the nice ladies will go out and, (laughs) you know what I mean, that they'll go out and help them out with rules and stuff um, and just sort of slowly introduce them into the club sort of um, competitions and those things that go on. Because initially they wouldn't be brave enough to to step into that, but they're all handing in scorecards and playing golf on their own. They've been out during COVID, you know, in their bubbles and, yeah, so I think it's a good next step for them to take. And they don't want they don't need me to hold their hand forever. They want me to, but they don't need me to. Yeah, so just just slowly starting to um, help them get sort of integrated into the club a bit more really is the, the next step from that. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's been good fun and yeah. yeah run those she loves golf um sixes events as well again it's going to be really hard this year all of our events have been pushed back so probably going to struggle to do that but look i'll do the best i can try and figure out a date whether it's midweek or something normally i try a weekend so that people could get up but um it this year is going to be a bit of a bit of a nightmare reorganizing stuff yeah yeah oh definitely definitely so um so if people want to jump on board, so you're mainly basing yourself at Omaha these days because you're so busy. Yeah, trying to sort of base myself there occasionally in the sort of Workworth area as well. But really, Omaha is my, that's my home now. Nice, nice. That's awesome. So um, uh, this has been really awesome. And I think, um, you know, it's really exciting to try and think of maybe we can do some of those things sort of around the coast here. Um, we've got access to Golf HQ uh, and some of the other golf courses as well. Yeah. Um, so my coach, Luke Perry, is now your fiance. Yeah, yeah, Luke Farrell, yeah. Yeah, sorry, what did I say, Luke? Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, what, um, don't tell anyone. <laughs> so, um, so, so congratulations. Thank you. When is the big day? Um, so we are getting married February 26th, so hoping that things are a little bit more back to normal by then. Nice. My, my folks are currently trying to get their visa to get to Australia with the hope that they can then get here eventually. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, so fingers crossed that will all work out. Um, but like I say, this year has been is what it is, and we're just excited to get our friends and family together. 
and yeah. have a bit of a party. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It'd just be nice to be able to get, you know, get together with everyone, isn't it? Definitely. Awesome. So we'll just start wrapping it up with a few questions that I do normally ask um, people. <laughs> what is your favourite golf course? Ooh, um, I am biased towards Scottish golf courses for sure. I think my favourite one's probably Royal Dornoch, which is sort of northeast of Scotland. Um, and I've had rounds of golf there as a kid. I remember playing there and losing 13 golf balls in one round. And then the next day scoring like level par and I was like 13 years old. So it's one of those courses where if the wind gets up, it can be pretty, uh, <laughs> it can be pretty tough. Is it similar to a Lynx course kind of thing? Yeah, it's a, it's a very much a Lynx course with lots of gorse bush and heaps of bunkers. And like I say, when the wind gets up, it just can totally change the way the course plays. Right. Yeah, really cool. You should have a look at it. <laughs> I'd love, I can't wait to sort of travel again and, and just oh, yeah. play different golf courses because yeah. I just started this year. And I think the exciting thing is, is sort of Christmas, looking forward to, to that and just going and playing different golf clubs and getting away for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think we're pretty lucky as well because like you can travel around the country clubs in New Zealand and it's like 20 bucks to play and you just turn up like park your minivan or whatever you've got you know like and go play golf and then continue on the way up the road and it's yeah it's pretty cool to be able to do that yeah yeah definitely so what about your favorite golf club uh like in my golf bag Ooh, um this is probably weird but probably eight or nine iron I don't know why okay <laughs> but random yeah yeah okay and I love chipping I do love chipping so yeah yeah <laughs> um golf ball so i use pro v1x right yeah that's my golf ball my go-to nice and what about your favorite quote oh <laughs> uh oh, i didn't think you would ask me this one <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've caught me off guard <laughs> one question right say again there's always got to be one question. I Absolutely. I think right. it's the usual. It's just that the best way to start is to start. I don't think that's the actual quote, but it's along those lines. <laughs> For me, that's the best one. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Um, thanks very much for your time. We'll wrap it up there just um, so that you can get back out onto the golf course. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And how can people get hold of you if they actually want to sort of join some of your courses or? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, websites www.emmafernigolf.com. Um, I've got Instagram, it's just Emma Fernie Golf, and Facebook at Emma Fernie Golf as well. So, yeah, pretty much any of those links you'll be able to find me through, and you, you'll get my contact details, email, and phone number through those. But feel free to drop me a DM as well. Awesome. That's very cool. So, thanks very much. Thank you, Tanya. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. All right. See you. So as always, we've loved connecting with you here at the Golf Community, a beginner's guide to golf. We appreciate your support, so love us and like us, subscribe and connect using the links below. And as always, we would love to share your story. So contact me and let's get you on an upcoming episode. So as always from the Golf Community, Kaki Tiamu.